0: The idea of what women or young girls are studying in school to paint the vision for them to see look, if you are studying this in school, you can really have an impact on the way the world runs in the future.
1: Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain podcast from SAP. My name is Sinto. I'm a marketer, blogger, and podcast on the topic of supply chain here at SAP. For today's show on the International Women's Day, I'm joined by three amazing women. So one of the ladies is my wonderful co-host, Nicole. Over to you, Nicole. Thank you for the kind words, Sin.
2: Hi, I'm Nicole Smythe. And as Sin mentioned, today we're joined by our two wonderful guests, Mindy Davis and Paige Cox, to discuss what it's like to be a woman in a largely male-dominated field. So welcome, Mindy, and welcome, Paige. Thank you both so much for joining us today. And it's great to have you both on the series. So if you could take a moment to introduce yourselves, give some insight into your previous roles and what you do today.
0: My name is Mindy Davis, and I lead our global marketing team for our digital supply chain portfolio. I am actually celebrating, I can't believe it, 18 years at SAP in a couple of weeks, but I'm thrilled to be joined by my colleague Paige Cox, who. I consider actually a mentor of my own and a female leader in the organization. So, Paige, introduce
3: yourself. Thanks, Mindy. Hello, everyone. My name is Paige Cox. I'm the Chief Product Officer and Head of Development for SAP Business Network. I spend a lot of time in supply chain, obviously. And when Mindy kindly say a mentor, she meant older colleague. So I am... A, at SAP over 22 years, uh, so yeah, so happy
2: to be here. Well, thank you both, and what amazing careers you both had so far. As you mentioned, you're both in the supply chain area here at SAP, but how did you both come to work in the field, and what really interested you in the area? I'll go first, because I actually studied logistics
0: in my undergraduate studies and I'll never forget it. I was managing a warehouse and I mean, I walked in on my first day in this yellow suit and faced hundreds of men in the field and they were surprised to see a woman walk into the warehouse and I very quickly changed from a suit to steel-toed boots. And Jeans, you know, what interests me most about supply chain is this whole idea of it's a puzzle, right? And trying to put the pieces together between planning and logistics and warehouse inventory. And I got my start, like I said, in a warehouse. And I very quickly realized that there were plenty of places to optimize some of our go to market in terms of how we're transferring product. And I quickly turned to programming. So I was a management trainee back in the day. And I noticed in the warehouse, all these pallets sitting around and I was just thinking, there's gotta be an easier way to manage this. So I actually programmed a program basically to manage the pallets, just make it easier for everybody in the warehouse employees and management themselves. So I realized that my interest was definitely in software because it made things so simple (laughs) and you could be more efficient, more agile. And actually what's really kind of ironic is more resilient, right? As we see in today's environment. So I'm really doing the same thing. It's just a larger scale puzzle, right? So. It's gone beyond logistics. And when we think about a supply chain, it's not only transferring product, but it's the whole process from design to operate. So it's been fun to see this evolution of going from my early days as a warehouse manager to now managing a whole scale of the end-to-end supply chain in a really connected environment. And I'll also say that once I got out of the warehouse and I jumped to a software company, my first day on the job, I was working for a consulting company and we walked into a boardroom and it was all men. And I didn't really realize that we had to sell ourselves, right? And so it was me and two of my male colleagues and My manager at the time was an executive at the company. She was a woman and she pulled me aside and just kind of gave me the extra power I needed and said, hey, you've got this. And I was a little bit irritated because I was like, why is she telling me and not my male colleagues? And what ended up happening was she gave me that extra boost to actually go into the boardroom sell myself so i got the job and she actually became my mentor and to this day we still connect over gosh 25 years history so kind of a fun story Paige, what about you
3: yeah similarly so for me it's also supply chain was kind of i fell into it a bit when i got out of college i started first in the management consulting field so obviously one of the areas was a lot to do with the different parts of supply chain practice and enterprise also so it was interesting that my first customer was a general motor and when i walked into the shop floor obviously i was assigned to the engine control team that we are supposed to doing all these engine control modules I was the only woman there, so they were very cute. They put me in the middle of the office, so I was kind of the princess of the shop floor. (laughs) And fast forward, of course, did consulting for a while, then felt like, okay, I'm always implementing someone else's solution. It would be great, to actually greater impact if I could create something. So during the startup.com era, I joined a startup company and then created the whole manufacturing shop floor solution. And later on, that little startup was acquired by SAP and hence my journey started with the SAP. Since SAP, I've done various different areas in the product area, mostly in development, uh, in different roles and different continents, uh, different topics. I moved from manufacturing to then uh, Industry 4.0, which is very natural to drive those kind of initiatives. Uh, started a lot of, with uh, to do with China growth, and also to expand that globally which ultimately landed me moving my whole family from U.S. based to headquarter Germany out of based. did the first public cloud SaaS product in the PLM area because I thought, hey, I've been doing manufacturing so long and so deep into the execution. Wouldn't be cool to get into the design space and learn how people really do true R&D, how they design the right product for the right customer. So, I moved to PLM and shaped the new public cloud area. And then, notice me every two, three years, I change because there's still all that entrepreneur roots in me. Then I moved to logistics. And so, I also met Mindy there. We launched our first logistics network. And then, soon, it became larger as the supply chain network when we connected logistic manufacturing operations under one umbrella. And then uh, three years ago, we started the journey that I started to, we create a new area and growth area, SAP Business Network, basically also bring our acquisition, that Ariba Network together with our supply chain networks into one largest B2B marketplace and basically largest commerce and supply chain network in the world. And that's been really, really fun journey. But I'd say I sort of traveled across all the disciplines of different functions in supply chain. So I kind of spend my whole life learning and growing in this field.
1: It's still fascinating. There's still so much to learn. Indeed, indeed. We heard now a lot of words like logistics, transportation, manufacturing, and also supply chain. So the term supply chain itself wasn't coined until the late 80s. And since then the industry and the field have not only grown in recognition, but also career opportunities. So a question to both of you, since starting in this field, what was it like when you first started versus now in 2023? And what are some of the biggest changes that you have noticed so far?
3: Maybe I can go first, So at least from my point of view, I think when you first started the supply chain, it's still very departmental and very vertical by functions. So there are people taking care of sourcing, there are people taking care of planning, there are people taking care of designing things, but then it's people doing the shop floor manufacturing and people at the warehouse and the transport and none of these people actually talk to each other when i was in the plm days the biggest challenge was uh, change management so if you design something but what's getting manufactured it's very different than what was it designed so i think this uh, feedback loop and then also how do you transport how do you source and it's never planned together with your logistic partners right so it's always about pricing and picking the partners the suppliers that you will source with And nevertheless, everyone thinks every function to work and assume it could work. Now, fast forward now, at least the last three years, we had so much disruption and the supply chain is being stressed. And this takes that feedback loop and then all these functional, departmental kind of planning and execution can no longer work, right? So that alone, that supply chain needed to be much more responsive and much more intelligent in a way that to have real time data to be able to sense and respond. And furthermore, I see supply chain are started intertwining because my supply chain is your demand chain. And then if our chains are not connected and synchronized, then there's really no agility. So you see companies cannot orchestrate and optimize a supply chain without understanding and working with their ecosystem and their partners their trading partners and other companies in their eco chain together so if you look at the trend at minimum you have to design your supply chain together with all the companies that you do business with whether it's your suppliers that you need to get the raw material or your manufacturer. Who's you are contracting with. So I think all of that becomes much more complex because no longer you can just say, hey, this department would do this and that department would do that. But when I started, that was the case. And you see that huge shift, that arbitrary line is blurring. Mindy, what do you- Well, um, I'll just add that I think 20 years ago
0: it was all about heuristics, right? Like matching supply and demand. And the nucleus of the supply chain is still planning manufacturing and delivery. But what we've seen is over the years, we've gone from globalization, right? So a lot of companies were outsourcing manufacturing to other countries. And then when the pandemic hit, it was really, really, like Paige said, stressful for the supply chain. So you definitely don't want to be in the headlines with your supply chain. But what we found is supply chains were in the headlines, right? It was the topic at boardrooms. It was topic in economic discussions. And now what we've seen is those successful companies that were able to digitalize their end-to-end supply chains were able to be more responsive and reactive to different activities or disruptions. So I think of Smart Press Shop as an example, one of our customers who actually digitalized their entire automotive body parts so when the pandemic hit they were protected from all of this disruption because they were in a completely paperless environment and they didn't have to rely on outsourcing for lockdowns in their manufacturing plants because everybody was working remotely the other notion that i've seen come to the forefront is this idea of sustainability right because really sustainability initiatives start in the supply chain so if you think about Zero emissions, you know, finding the lowest cost logistics provider through our network and making sure that you're identifying the lowest emissions or making sure that your employees are healthy and safe in the warehouse. So I think kind of this notion of connectedness, collaboration, and resilience really comes all together as we evolve. And I'll also add that one of the things we're seeing is this idea of contextualizing information across your supply chain. So like Paige mentioned, all these department silos are working together now and the challenge is you need to connect all of the data going across your operations to your business data. So taking in finance information or taking in information from external events so that you can really be responsive to disruptions that take place. You know, in operations, we have solutions that you can actually pay attention to so that you'll know when a machine is going down on the plant floor and get ahead of it and fix it in real time. So, and again, this takes a network of providers, of operators to tap into. So it's this whole notion of our ecosystem is really growing, and not only the ecosystem of people, but also this ecosystem of data, right? The fact that COOs are challenged with harnessing all the power of this data coming in from all these different business processes throughout their ecosystem, and the way that we can connect those dots and make sure that the information is traveled through the end-to-end supply
2: chain with the most
0: impact is really desirable in today's environment?
2: I mean, supply chain itself, it's a very, very complex field, but it's also, in my opinion, a very fulfilling because at the end of the day, you're helping customers get their goods or you're helping companies just run better. So even though a lot of progress and evolution has been made in the industry and especially in career opportunities for women... What are some obstacles that you're still seeing when women are trying to enter into this field? And what do you believe would have to change for more women to choose this field moving forward? Especially, like you said, Paige, it might be very time consuming. It takes up your weekends. It takes up your time. But moving forward and women that want to get into it, what advice would you say or what changes would you say need to occur?
3: I think definitely awareness helps so when i was growing up and uh, at least at the days that when i was going to universities there's not so much talk about supply chain and i think that trend is already shifting a few years ago when i did my executive mba in Shanghai, there's actually a whole module dedicated to supply chain and operations so i think that awareness is already changing then it's also creating those kind of interests for women or men right so so in other words that it becomes a top agenda now and for women, you know, not being gender biased here, I think a lot of women share the same thing with me. For us, we believe in purpose and we believe that we want to make the world a better place because women by nature still takes so much more of the caregiver role, whether it, that you were asked to or not, you know, being a mom or a wife or a girlfriend or daughter or sister, you always have that nature in you. And I, I feel like if people can really understand uh, supply chain really runs the world, because it's the only way to get the product from an ideation of a thought into a real product that you and I love as the consumers and everything in between and takes this magic uh, to happen. And that is the supply chain. And that magic normally it's not talked about in your day to day life. Uh, people. Don't think about that, right? You think a lot about the finance and the performance of a company. You think about the huge brand that is landing in the market, but you don't see who's making that happen in the middle. And I think that's the part that we can help also create that kind of excitement. And then if people can feel that part of the purpose filling and the making impact for the world. Whether it's making the world run better through uh, this kind of immersed commerce and material flow, or is it just creating a better world for the next generations to come? Because it takes uh, the real supply chain and takes a network of supply chain to really create that sustainable world. And everybody has to participate in that. So therefore, I feel that if uh, That kind of awareness is generated more and more women would want to join, right? Obviously, you have to be slightly crazy because the pie chain is mission critical. (laughs) So... That when there's when their warehouse is not shipping out the pallets uh, and the raw material is not coming in, the shop floor is stopped. And, you know, someone has to call you, right? And you have to solve it. But hey, I really think it's a fascinating field. And especially if you can bring your creativity and that diversity part to it. And like Mindy said, it's about connecting the dots. And women in general, it's like a different thinking, right? So you're connecting the dots and you see different things or challenges, the problems with a different color of the lens. And I think together, you know, men and women together, you basically can really build very, very strong creativity to solve these world hardest problems. And supply chain is the hardest areas with the hardest problems to solve. Oh, I love that answer
0: Paige. And I love the idea of bringing magic because it's funny, I have a daughter and she asks me all the time, mom, what do you do? You just talk to people on the phone all day? And I tell her, no, 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 I'm the one who makes everything work like your supplies for school, your clothes that you wear, the food that you eat. So I'm always trying to bring these stories to life. And I think you're right. What I'm focused on right now with my team because I'm in marketing is making sure that we're bringing these customer stories to life in a real authentic way that makes sense. And we can attract more women, more young talent. Nicole, you're a perfect example of someone we want to attract to the field, because I think the more we can make supply chain the weave of everything that we do on a daily basis and bring that to life in our efforts, working with customers and really showing the world how we as supply chain experts are helping make the world run better.
1: Fantastic answers. Wow, I'm, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Paige, you mentioned two mm. words, diversity, and creativity. And this brings me actually to the topic that we also want to touch in this show. It's about this year's theme on the International Women's Day, digital innovation and technology for gender equality. So in your experience, how has technology changed the workplace for women especially in the supply chain area? And what impacts do you see technology having on women's career in the future? If you take young women like Nicole, for example, starting their college career or professional careers in the STEM field, like science, technology, engineering and mathematics, and supply chain, yeah, that's
3: an interesting thing because technology is evolving all the time. I always say if innovation is not solving problems, then it's just a cool innovation. So in the end, the difference in supply chain is the innovation itself should also have a purpose of its own. It has to really address the challenge. And to me, the trend is also slightly different. I tell my team too, that nobody told you what the first iPhone would look like or that experience could be. It's an anticipated intelligence. You know, that's why you come up with that and then you validate and then you work with the customers and then you now have whatever the, the generation we have already now, it's very different, right? So sometimes you have to balance that customer centricity versus this is the innovative, the kickstart, how do you synchronize that? And I think that's such an opportunity to bring a very diverse workforce together, men and women, and especially to infuse the female perspective in into this mix of balancing. I think it's really really interesting and and I think everybody can benefit from that kind of diversity and creativity. And I think that's the learning that everybody has to come together. And the more that you are coming from a diverse background having a different understanding, the more you can really leverage the power of data, right? So I think we tell each other something, everybody interprets it a little bit differently and everyone would take a different reaction in business will be the same for supply chain and if you want to have the resilience built in you want to achieve that end tier transparency and you want to ultimately drive this network effect of sustainability you sort of need that creativity and diversity to look at all these data in a different way and then really coming together to say hey how do we make this data that are really serving its purpose And what data do we need? Where do I get it? And how do I actually collaborate? And who do I collaborate with? And how do I leverage that collaboration? Like you don't have answers for that, right? And then it just basically takes people and take those minds together and really decipher what that could be. And then it's the constant improvement, that feedback loop we talked about earlier. How do you, in real time, take that intelligence and being able to measure against your planning and then having the ability to instant replan and redesign your supply chain, so to say, or repurpose in a way that can be really responsive and resilient?
0: Well, I love this idea of digital is the topic for women's day because it really does encompass this whole idea of digitalization and like Paige was referencing the idea of harnessing all of this data and innovating in terms of what to do with all of this data there's so much technology innovation and if it's not used in the right way or has the most impact then Like Paige said, it's just innovation for innovation's sake. So you see all these things like AI or machine learning or robotics and the idea of what women or young girls are studying in school to kind of paint the vision for them to see, look, if you are studying this in school, you can really have an impact on the way the world runs in the future. And so I think that's what I would encourage or what I'm encouraged from International Women's Day this year is to see young talent kind of inspired by how innovation and technology can really enhance your end to end supply chain, manufacturing, operations, but Really taking this to the next level and inspiring women all over the world and young girls to take this path of innovation in technology as it relates to supply chain.
3: Yeah, I love that. Maybe I just add a little bit to that because I think when we talk about digitalization, oftentimes it's a center around the technology itself. But the fact that we are the industry and the customer, we are actually going through a digital transformation. So I think technology is such an enabler for us to achieve a lot of that automation or intelligence to remove all these manual or these tedious things that can save the human time, right? But I think the emotional intelligence part of it, the human intelligence is so important. And that's why I think it would be fun for people to really jump into this field, because to really take that digital data, that digital information, to make the right decisions, to really transform, it still takes us. It takes all of us to do it. The AI is not going to tell you, and AI can tell you how your decision has been performed in real time, or can automate some of the manual entry that you have to do yourself. But the taking that data and then taking that uncertainty and to rethink how you could make it better that takes all of us right and that's really fun that to me and that makes me excited every day and that that would be my thing to all the women out there now why wouldn't you want to do it right yeah so it's a, putting, the, putting the puzzle pieces together <laughs> yes exactly nice summary i
2: think it's too i actually started in chemicals and utilities and now switched into sap so being in supply chain on both sides, being in the nitty gritty with the plants and the manufacturers, and now being on the technology side, it is so interesting to see them start to intertwine because I was working in SAP and now working for SAP. So it was just, it really is, it's like a full circle moment, but I think being able to be here and see the evolution and progress and innovation that we're making as a company, but being also a woman in that field as well, It is. it's like i said earlier the field itself supply chain is very fulfilling but being able to feel like you're making a difference is also just a different type of fulfillment so Mm -hmm. completely agree with both of you
1: yeah me too i mean i still love the term supply chain brings some magic so when i joined sap i I used to work in a different area and since a couple of years i joined the supply chain team and what i just figured out even though you're working this field or you are just a normal end user going to a supermarket and buy something. And it's just like hitting you every single day and every single moment. And I just remember the last weekend when I was on the motorway and I saw all the different tracks and was like thinking, ah, oh, what are they using? What kind of technology <laughs> do they have? Maybe assistant place mm-hmm. to say, hey, you need to rest because this is for your safety or whatsoever. And this is now in my mind, like every time <laughs> I could actually talk to you all for a longer time, really, because it's so fascinating. But as we are now coming to the end of our podcast, we would love to ask the same question that we ask everyone on our show. In your opinion, what is the future of supply chain? If you can give us an answer in one or two sentences.
0: I'll take this one first. And quite simply, it's risk resilient and sustainable supply chains, meaning you can actually use your supply chain to protect your entire business from risk with everything that we've talked about here today.
3: I love it. I think that's ultimately the outcome, right, that everyone wanted to achieve uh, is how do I get that resiliency and transparency and sustainability across And then I will leave a little bit of food for thought as we're wrapping up. so the role of SAP and the role of us is really recognize that that is the purpose that we can jointly bring to the market, to our customers. And that will be the outcome that we can achieve for generations to come. If we look at SAP, we started the ERP world 50 years ago when we brought all the siloed department and the data into an end-to-end enterprise flow. Fast forward for the next 50 years, uh, we can actually create that connectivity tissue, that network of enterprises by bringing all the supply chains in that multi-tiered fashion to bring that uh, you know, insight to action, to make those enterprises much more intelligent, much more responsive, and together as the enterprises uh, form its own network effect by bringing that network effect into the supply and the demand. I think that's the only way to create that truly sustainable and resilient supply chains around the world. Which means that SAP now has this higher calling that we spent decades to automate enterprise, to optimize individual supply chains. Now we can also connect all of them by creating that network effect. So the future of supply chain will be connected and will be much more intelligent, but it will also create a purpose for a better world, yet also a better purpose for us and the right reason to be in this field. So I will leave that as a departing thought for everyone.
2: Amazing. Well, thank you both for joining us and for such a great conversation. I know Sin and I had an amazing time and we really took away some great advice, guidance. Like I said, being early town, I can only hope to follow suit in your career. So thank you so much again. And thank you to everyone who's listening. As always, please mark us as a favorite and you can get regular updates and information about future episodes. But until next time from Sin and I, thank you for discussing the future of supply chain.